0: Hi, I'm Deepak and you're listening to The Meaning Quotient, a place where we celebrate human potential through stories, talks and conversations on finding meaning. Today we have with us Kevalier Kashyap, a Swiss citizen with German and Sri Lankan heritage who spent his childhood in Africa. When a crisis of meaninglessness hit him in the late 40s, he took a path less traveled in the Western world To find his own personal freedom. Let us hear his story in his own words. Welcome to the Meaning Question Podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you here.
1: What an opportunity! And thanks for this opportunity.
0: What is your story? How has your childhood shaped you to where you are right now?
1: As you can see, it's a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) So let me just uh, dig into the memories. Actually, I'm uh, I'm uh, born in London. My mother's Bavarian from Munich, mm-hmm. German. My father's from Sri Lanka, and I've been brought up in Africa in Uganda. So, thinking about that, it's naturally something which is very diffuse in in shaping me, and uh, it has been a childhood which has been full of easiness, joy, in such. It was well protected. It was under the influence of many aspects of life, of religions, of nations, of conditioning. So that is in a nutshell, actually, what I recall from that time. Wow.
0: Is there any moment in your childhood, if you go back and say, oh my God, this is a moment, which I remember and which has shaped my personality currently.
1: I think the moments in the nature, the moments with humans, the moments with many different nations, you know, at that place where we lived, uh, it's around a couple of hours north of Kampala, the capital of Uganda. And we were with United Nations that time. So there were many nations there. And that has definitely given a deep impri- deep imprint in my in myself. Actually, seeing many nations working jointly towards an objective. Mm.
0: Tell me more about it. What what happened?
1: It was it was more like in childhood. Uh, you don't see any limitation. <laughs> the sky is the limit, and uh, you were having this amazing. Vast nature where you don't see, you you see the sky, which is the limit there. So there wasn't any physical boundaries for me. And then seeing all the children, you know... (laughs) Now, in this winter time, I remember also the Santa Claus that time he came in his uh, rubber boots on a on a jeep pickup uh, to visit us in the beginning of December. So and as it is at the Equator, it is very hot. so mm-hmm. can imagine how the uh, <laughs> Santa Claus under the beard <laughs> and his uh, costume was sweating. So it was all uh, um, playful actually, and that is something which, I believe deep within myself, I have this African within me that, okay, somehow it will happen, you know. (laughs) Don't take it too serious. Don't take life too serious. It is is to experiment. It is to experience. It is to explore, to discover. And I guess this part of mine is uh, very much influenced by Africa. Like, how can I discover life? How can Mm. I explore life? What is the meaning of myself? And so that is something which um, I've been then after 30, 40 years revisiting Africa, Uganda with my parents. And I felt instantly home.
0: Mm. This this African feeling of home. And how was it when you moved to Germany at the age of seven and then Switzerland? As I understand, these are completely different cultures.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of regulations, (laughs) a lot of regulations. Now, if you take this picture of having no barriers, you know, uh, the sky is the limit, you see... (laughs) You see uh, tribes of elephants, of 500 <laughs> elephants at the sky, you know. They're walking there, and you can see them from a distance of maybe 30, 40 miles. And now you come uh, to a very organized uh and structured place like Switzerland. Then there is naturally the the interesting part of how do you cope with that? You know, having strict regulations. There our our school was like one hour away. Uh, The church we visited was in the bush. Hmm. So you had often school under the trees. Now you come (laughs) to Switzerland and the school is like in the town in a fixed place (laughs) and you have to be there on time. But I can play on both sides Safe. of this world. I appreciate both. I see the beauty in both. And it definitely took some time. But as the African experience is deep within my nature, I was able actually to also relocate to Switzerland. And I, I appreciate actually the structure which we have here and not losing, actually, the creativity or this discovery part. Hmm.
0: And did you feel any moment where, like, no, <laughs> give me my sky back?
1: That I didn't feel. I know, I can recall that when I got elder, I wasn't really feeling fine on this planet Earth. Um, so the elder I got, the more I lose, lost, actually, this connection to myself, which was very naturally happening in Africa. But that's less a fact, actually, of of, um, the conditioning of the environment, rather my ability to be connected with myself. Hmm. So I would would make the statement that no matter where you are, you have this ability um, to find that. And so naturally having these two extreme experiences in my life gave me this this uh, understanding that it is possible and that i need to seek for that mm. which is there but which i can't find in the outside world.
0: Mm. You know you talked about nature connection to nature means that's also common between uh, africa and switzerland i think both have their own completely different variety of nature but they're very natural places.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, again, it's it's to see the beauty of it, you know, to value the beauty of it, you know, to be humble for the opportunity of seeing all these different landscapes Hmm. and also the impact it has to the human beings living there.
0: Hmm. And then you you grew up in, in Switzerland, so you moved to a corporate, Role or what happened?
1: Then I um, experimented a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I was traveling a lot naturally because having um, uh, that many imprints in my life, it was the world which was of my interest. So I was traveling a lot, experiencing and trying out things. And then I moved actually into the startup business, mm-hmm. starting uh, young organizations, experiencing technology. So I was in the software engineering field and experiencing technology and and creating something out of it. So that was something which was inspiring me. And it was actually knowing both worlds, the startup world as well as the corporate world. So once a venture was successful, somebody was interested in it. And so I moved into the corporate world for a short period of time to experience that world and then starting the next organization up again. Hmm. So it was both worlds, actually.
0: The startup and the corporate. And what beauty did you find in each of the world?
1: In the startup world, it is uh, energy which is full of passion, having a meaning, exploring, being very hands-on. trying out things, try and error. To be honest, in the corporate world, I have never felt really comfortable in that sense that I had this impression that my abilities were used to the fullest. It was also an interesting experience because it showed me that from my experience... The value and the qualities of a human being are not ideally utilized in a corporate world these days. It has interesting aspects also from the structure, from the processes, but it is still too superficial for me to resonate fully with it. Which in the positive way shows that there's a big potential behind
0: it. So it's, you think it's more about the human side of the organization?
1: That is actually one of the most important ones um, which I see. Like if you, if you see this movement of self-realization of an individual, I see it in the same way as an organization like how can an organization self realize oneself so hmm. the origin the dna of the organization because that will have an impact on the resilience it will have an immediate impact on the results it will have an impact on on the employee retention and also on attracting amazing qualifications and people.
0: Hmm. I still picture you as a boy running in the in, in the forests or in the landscapes of Uganda and where you can just see the sky and you just wait for this Santa Claus to come over. And then it, at the age of seven, you move to Germany and then subsequently to Switzerland with a completely different outlook of a structured environment which gives you an ability to get the best of both. Then you move to a startup environment where you get into this passion of doing something which you wanted to go for. From there, you move to a corporate world basically based on the opportunity and then new questions keep on coming. Is it at the right direction? What's the nature of an organization? How can we make it better? Then what happened next in your story?
1: So what I was unhappy with is the impact which the work had on me. Like observing myself, it was successes, it was losses, it was everything there. The full range of entrepreneurial experiences, of corporate experiences, was there. But nothing has really nourished me. I feel I was not healthy. I was not feeling comfortable. I was not feeling growing to what my potential is. And so with 48 years, I decided this can't be it, you know. With what happened? There was a sum, summary of experiences. Like at a certain point, I reflected on, do I want to carry on like that for the next 20, 30, 40 hmm. years? I mean, I in I think in my career, it was like 14, 15, 16, 17 startups. Wow. So should it be the 18th startup? Should it be the 20th startup? Should it be the 25th startup? <laughs> Is that the direction which I want to take, will that fulfill me? And the, the answer was clearly no. Can't be to carry on like that. So there needs to be a change. And I am doing things in an extreme fashion. So in sports, I was going into the extreme sports of surfing or alpine marathons and these things. And the same in my life also. I love work, I love human beings, I love the nature, but I wasn't able to club it together. So I left everything in December 2012 and said, I'm fed up, I'm finished with this world. I remember I I gave all my business shirts away and my eldest son, he came and took all the business shirts (laughs) and was like, oh dad, that you can do that as such. It was a funny picture. Sorry. And so I was really, I, I, I didn't want to carry on like that. So I had this call within me I want to change. I don't believe that carrying on in the same direction will be something which will give me this happiness, which will nourish me, where when I will look back at a certain age, I will say, wow, this was a life, like a farmer, you know, growing up his his, uh, um, uh, his crop or so. And in the evening saying, oh, that's what I have grown. That's what I can sell. I hadn't got this feeling so far. I tried out many things. And so I left everything behind. I packed everything into a backpack and that was my life from that moment onwards. Everything which could fit into a backpack, that's what I wanted to carry in my life. I would have never imagined to sit together with you here <laughs> in Zurich and doing an interview about about these experiences because it was for me simply to find the joy, the happiness in life, you know, not to have it in a superficial, level of having a bonus or having a trade sale of an organization or having a big deal cut, that I had and it couldn't satisfy me. It couldn't be a relationship. It couldn't be a next organization. It couldn't be a new product. It couldn't be something of that level. What it was, I had no clue. But knowing that I want, don't want to carry on like that was very clear to me.
0: Is it a sort of a crisis of meaninglessness of life, or it's too... How would you define that?
1: I didn't see the purpose. I I didn't feel this uh, connection of what can I contribute to this world would mean anything uh, to myself and Others. So it was actually in the end of the day, it was a search for happiness, and I didn't find the happiness in the objects of the external world as such. So, how can I make you know my environment, my family happy without being deeply satisfied myself? Yeah. It was a very Full a uh, life full of effort, you know. It was it was exhausting. It was challenging. It was getting more and more complex, and I couldn't deal with that anymore. And I didn't see that that path I was going on would really give me this deep happiness within myself.
0: So you had only one option at that point: to pack your bags and go.
1: I had this option of reducing to the minimum of getting rid of all these objects of my life. And I was totally fine with it. It felt like relieving of having nothing, you know, living a simple life, reducing to the minimum and searching. And I had no clue. I had no clue about meditation and all these things which you talk one talks about today. I I just simply was a very material oriented businessman, um, not feeling happy anymore.
0: I can I can I can just feel you at this moment at that part of your life. It's going there, and then. And
1: then the deep moment came where I was clear, I need to change. I can't expect anyone else to change. I can't expect anyone else to give me happiness and joy and bliss. And it was clear for me, I need to take an effort. I need to make a clear statement on finding this happiness and one friend of mine came and said, Kevalia, you need to meditate. And my <laughs> ego uh, was in a such a state that I could not admit that I have no clue what meditation is. So that person left and I was Googling and I saw one statement like you need to put your chair in front of a white wall With a distance of fifty centimeters, and then look at a black spot on the wall, and stay there for—I don't—I can't recall how long. (laughs) It was definitely too long for me. I think I gave up after five minutes, ten minutes. I I, sure it wasn't even ten minutes. (laughs) I gave up and said, "This can't be what really will give me happiness in my life." And so then I started actually searching. And uh, I found then uh, online a book, which I went to the library to buy it, the bookstore to buy it. And interestingly, this book was given by a friend to me 12 months before. So I saw the book and I said, oh, that's lying in my shelf. I don't need to buy it. So I went back actually and started finding out how can I walk that path? Sorry, what was the name of the book? It is from Eckhart Tolle uh, called Now.
0: Okay, the power of Now.
1: Power of Now. I I recall it as Now. Yeah. And it's a very good book, but again, it's a book, you know. And I'm a human being. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I um I wanted to meet someone. I wanted to. Uh, realize something, I have a realization as such. Like if I go into the water, I can swim, I can feel the water, I can experience the walk, I can realize this feeling of it. So I was looking for someone who yeah. can give me this realization of a human being. Because so far what I learned in university, what I learned uh, from, from my friends also in the corporate world, It was all not going deep enough for me to experience me as a human being. And I knew a book can't give me this experience of a human being because I was in the end of the day fed up with, is this a human being? Am I living a human being life? Am I not actually similar to many animals i've seen in africa crocodiles um, lions uh, gorillas <laughs> um, am i not same as them having a survival mode eating and then relaxing for the next food to come is that a human being so i was looking for out for someone who could give me this Experience of a human being, this realization of a human being. So, I wasn't that much down to give up. <laughs> I was still eagerly seeking for this this experience of that, and so that took me to Tokyo. That, and there in Tokyo, I I was getting closer to it, but still, some voice within me said, "That's not the final. That's not this path," and. Uh, Interestingly, then, in the hotel lobby, the night before I left, in the morning, I met a a man, a medical doctor, and we were talking about our experiences, about what motivated me to come here, as far as I was able to express it in words. And he said, "Um, come to India to meet my master. And I said, cognitively, yes, yes, yes. Uh, But within me. I, uh, within my mind, many things happened, like uh, there was like fear, there was struggle, there was, it's not for me. And so, but it never left me, actually. So I was like, um, for for two months, I was fighting internally within myself. Something pulled me there to meet that person and something resisted in, in me. And after two months, I then experienced, or I recognized, it came to me that it was my mind who was afraid of it. And my heart had a longing to go and make this experience. It was like an inner call. And so I then did a deal with my mind and I said, okay, I'll fly to Mumbai for three days and then I'll be back. So my mind was like, yeah, let's "Deal, plan it out. Deal, cut, cut. Nothing can happen in three days."
0: I have an exit strategy.
1: <laughs> like I was used in the start business. What's the exit plan? First thing is, what's the story? Second thing is, what's the exit plan? So, <laughs> same here. Actually, I, I, I was conditioned maybe too much in this start uh, startup business. So, exit plan was three days. Kevalia, you are safe.
0: Yeah. And then these three days?
1: These three days I remember very much. Um, I arrived Friday night, two o'clock in the morning in uh, Mumbai and went to um, my friend's place, Shailendra. And it was amazing for me. I'm used to Asian culture, naturally, but still it was mind-blowing. I remember him and his wife being up at two o'clock in the morning and she's uh, making uh, food for me. And for me, it was always, I told them that many times, you are my gate to India. (laughs) I I really uh, uh, offered this very, very good experience or amazing experience with them. And um, then in the next morning, we went a couple of hours outside of Mumbai to to the place, uh, to the ashram. And it was like in a movie for me, you know, like all these strange people there, not knowing them, sleeping somewhere, eating somewhere. And it's very, very simple place. And uh, so I was just letting everything go. I had no expectation at all, or I thought I had no expectation. And then on uh, on Saturday morning, I met Maitreya Dadashreeji. He was coming for the first uh, day, uh, session.
0: And he was the master of… Uh, he was
1: a master He's a mentor, actually, uh, of that place. So he's a social reformer um, working as a medical doctor and then going actually on on guiding uh, the transformation of of our times here through social impact. So I was listening to his talks and I felt again there's nothing special, you know, like what is this, like nice talks, interesting um, in the nature or um, in, in Maharashtra, so very nice place, but there was nothing really special to me in the beginning. And so I... uh, There was a process happening then from Saturday to Sunday. Again, it was okay going to bed. But that next morning, Sunday morning, um, I think it was the 11th of May, it was the 12th of May, 2013, I felt in this deep love and peace, which from this very moment never, ever left me again. So... This was the my the life-changing moment for me. This was this realization of unconditional love and peace deep within my consciousness, which from that moment on never left me again. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not I would not say I'm a spiritual person, I'm still a business person. But my view on the business world is totally changed. I want to contribute to a change in this world, to a better world, to a place where humans can act as humans with all their qualities and abilities and uniqueness which every single one of us gets.
0: And When you were talking about it, I somehow, you know, again... (laughs) felt, the same boy in who's just running around in Uganda, just rediscovering oneself.
1: 100%. 100%. It is that time, I was in shorts, in rubber boots. I was on the pickup of my father, who was uh, in the agricultural sector as a biologist working on research, and I was going with him on the jeep, throughout the fields. The same now. I'm with my my shorts, with my rubber boots and just smiling from inside out. But understanding myself, that's not a big deal, you know, about exploring or or realizing yourself is not a big thing. It is so normal like drinking a, a glass of water. It is not a magic or whatever. It feels like light. It feels like easiness. It feels like flowing. You no more go into resistance of your experiences. Yes, experiences are coming, but you're no more judging them. You're no more comparing yourself with others. You're just trying to do the level best and coping with the challenges of life, but mm. with a different attitude, with a different perception, and with love.
0: And then coming back to your strategy, what happened to the exit strategy?
1: Yeah, I <laughs> 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 that is a very good point. So I was flying that time. It was girl uh, uh, at I think at. Midnight, that flight was on Sunday. And I was flying, I think, via Frankfurt to Zurich. So, yeah, correct. I was flying around midnight from Mumbai to Frankfurt and then from Frankfurt to Zurich. And I had a opportunity to meet Maitreya uh, Dadashechi on Sunday afternoon. And I had like a list of my friend told me, you need to write down your questions physically because if you're in front of him, you'll lose your cognitive senses. You'll only be able <laughs> to to interact through your heart. So as a pupil of life, I followed that and I had like four medical questions and three material financial questions. But going into that room, I knew This was obsolete. These questions were not relevant. This is not the question I want to ask him. So I threw away the paper, I remember, on the left side (laughs) in the corner, I left it. And I went in and said, why did you call me? And his statement there was, because with your heart, every injury of a human being can be healed. Because every physical or mental injury in the end of the day is a heart injury. And through the love you can heal that. It can be healed. So I was crying in that very moment, and I knew I will surrender my life to the purpose to contribute something to the change to the transformation of this world. I had no clue now how, but I left after two or three minutes at that meeting, and I was like in like in a in this state, and so in this state I left. Mumbai, but I was crying in the plane and it was weird for me because actually I'm, my my relations are like a a couple of hundred miles south in Sri Sri Lanka. I should actually cry when leaving Sri Lanka and I was like feeling uh, uh, funny about this moment, like why am I crying to leave India, you know? I mean, it's a country and it's a person and so, but why is that longing there
0: and Sri Lanka just to say it because your father yes, is yes, was Sri brought up origin yeah,
1: yeah. origin there so um, then uh, I was at home and I I made a statement and I actually um, I knew I was crying every morning so every morning I got up in Switzerland I was crying I had such a longing to go on that path it was just tears rolling down, and I was listening to music, and I was just sitting there and crying, crying, crying. And consequently for 14 days it was happening, and I said, I need to change something. I can't wait. What am I doing here? I'm crying, 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 and I know which path to go. I need to take a decision. And uh, so I took a decision to surrender my life for Going this path and walking this path um, to to serve, to to guide, to assist people in the experience of themselves.
0: Yeah, so tell me about the path. You said this path.
1: <laughs> the path is within oneself, so it can't be it is unique. Uh, it is uh, that's the amazing thing. So I didn't get any guidelines as such. Um, I was then um, interacting with Mitreya Dadasrichi, and he said, "Okay, come to India, spend three months in the ashram, and uh, I will teach you everything you need to know." Oh, wow. <laughs> and and, uh, and then he was. Uh, I was coming there um, to India and he we were like a group of 15 20 people there in a friend's place in uh, mumbai and he was telling all the people yeah now i'm going with kevalya to the ashram for 3 months and it was you could literally feel this energy like Oh, oh, he's going to spend three months with Mithriyad Adarjidji in the ashram. I, for myself, thought, yeah, okay, let's see what's happening. (laughs) And it was exactly, it was not exactly as I expected. Uh, That would be too mature. But at least I thought I won't see him that often. I never saw him. So I was on my own with a friend of mine in the ashram. We were two people, maybe sometimes three people. But I was all on my own for that time. It was like, one uh, mandir, one meditation place where I slept, where I stayed um, on my own. And, and everything happened within myself. And so I spent actually three months there with a very, very simple life. There was no program. There was not a, a teaching. There was no lecture or nothing as such. But. Um, it, it was all happening internally, but I didn't know that. So I was like sitting there going through my emotional challenges, physical challenges, mental challenges. And it was quite tough, actually, sometimes. Uh, sleeping on the floor, um, and it's in the nature, so you have all the things like monsoon or the rainy season cold seasons everything is there and after three months i was getting a little bit uh worried because i thought now i'm going towards the end of this period i'm going back to europe but what should i tell the people yeah. i mean um, uh what content should i deliver like what methodology you know in yeah. the corporate world what technique and so And a friend of mine told me, yeah, don't worry. You know, when you come and see Maitreya Dadasriji, he'll meet you. He'll tell you everything. He'll tell you where were you successful. Like uh, these points you need to improve. There you need to do less. There you were excellent. Here you failed. This is what you should do. And so I had this expectation on the 19th of December 2013 and met Maitreya Dadasriji for the last time. And he then, uh, I, he then asked me, how did you like it? And I said, yeah, you know, it was nice. Thank you so much. And he said, okay, good, fine. And now you go to the West. Meet one or two people and that's it. Goodbye. See you. And I was shocked. <laughs> I was like having this impression, like I gave up all my life, all my corporate life for spending three months at a place And returning with nothing in my hands. Not even feedback. (laughs) Not even feedback. Not even appreciation or punishment. (laughs) Even a punishment would have been a blessing for me at that moment. My mind was going crazy. It was like totally not what I expected. 100% not. And I was like literally unconscious. I was feeling... Mentally so bad. It was really crashing me to the worst. I experienced a lot of crashes throughout these three months. But that was like beyond all that pain mentally. And in that state, actually, I went back home and I was like for two days um, very much in challenges what to do. And after two days, I said, okay, forget it. I'll just go out and talk, whatever he said. I'll meet one or two people, and that's it.
0: Yeah, so three days became three months, and then <laughs> something new started.
1: Yes, I started. Actually, I had uh, no money or not much money, so I was traveling with buses. I was living a very simple life, I was sleeping uh, on, you know, when I was traveling, I, I I got through Facebook to know some people who said, yeah, I'll organize some people. Then you can speak about your experience, about life, about changes, about what makes a human being special, how to reach that. So I had no content, so I could only speak from within. And I was staying sometimes in cellars of people's houses, sometimes on sofas. So that's how I then uh, commuted through Europe and um, talked about my experience and more and more revealed from within. So all this, which he gave me throughout these months, then came pouring out and I Experienced actually the first time in my life full freedom. Full freedom to be myself. And I was a windsurfer from my origin, so I was used to see. Freedom as surfing the waves with the wind and the nature. And so that was for me freedom. But again, that was a physical freedom. Here, the first time in my life, I got an internal freedom of expressing myself the way I feel is appropriate. And that was, a again, the moment I accepted this, the moment I, I went that path, everything revealed then.
0: It's very beautiful. So you form, formed a company also to do that. It's called IATL, if I'm correct.
1: That's correct, yeah. The International Academy of Transformative Leadership.
0: Yeah. And then you go back to where you started at some point to change that from the from the people or part of it, from the organization part of it.
1: It brought me back to square one actually <laughs> again. <laughs> um, uh, I, which I never expected actually. Um so it brought me back to square one and what I believe in is something which which will make a change and this change is within the human being. And so it doesn't matter on what level you are, but we want to form leaders. We want to go this path together with leaders to have a resilient economy, to have a sustainable economy, to make money without harming anyone. For example, we just had um, a financial year, we closed the financial year, and we had not one single Swiss franc or euro which someone didn't pay. I never experienced that before. Hmm. Normally, before in my corporate world, del credere was 1% or
0: 2%.
1: I asked our bookkeeper, zero and i was astonished by that but it shows actually how how the value is if you if you at every single level of your organizations contribute to a common goal it needs leadership it needs the ability to self reflect yourself it needs an environment where you can realize it not on a cognitive area deep within yourself as an experience. And that is something which we said we want to form an organization, an academy, where you can experience that in a a way which is business-like. So we are not talking about um, any spiritual, spiritual aspects of it. It is about the business and how to change your vision, how to change your strategy, how to uh, change the communication and how to implement values um, and give the space actually for human beings, for employees to express themselves.
0: Not everybody has a luxury of just taking time off, go to a few months to India and really travel on a short budget. Even though it might sound challenging, it's also a luxury to be able to do it at almost like 48 or 50 years of age. So what I see is with IATL, you're bringing them on their doorsteps that they can change, they can transform themselves without going through that crisis of meaninglessness and then transform others through that and the businesses.
1: Absolutely. A learning actually from this transformation experience of mine is, first of all, you need to fulfill your duties towards your beloved ones. So do not walk away. It is your duties to your beloved ones which is the first step on this. You can't walk away from your parents, from your children, from your spouse, from your brothers and sisters and family. This is the first part. The second part is to really internally say, yes, I want to transform. And then the opportunities will come. So it is not going to a monastery or a cave or so. No, it is here within your organization you work with, within the family you are living with, where the change will happen. It will not happen in the outside world, it will happen within. It is a small, a slow process which consistently and stable will manifest.
0: Very beautiful. Maybe we can do a part two of this podcast to just understand more about the philosophy, what you are doing and how you are transforming businesses by transforming people.
1: would be an honor for me. (laughs)
0: Thank you very much, and uh, I wish you. I still see now again uh, that child just running in Uganda, free, <laughs> and I think I will always see you like that from now on. <laughs> but thank you for giving me that image. <laughs> I can't unsee it.
1: Thank you for your time and your love. <laughs>
0: thank you. Tony Morrison said, "Freeing yourself was one thing; claiming ownership of that freed self is other. The mature owning of freedom." Paradoxically, connects us to the freedom of being a child. Kivale transformed a crisis of meaninglessness into an opportunity to reclaim the freedom of his free-spirited childhood. Through his path of self-realization, he is now helping others to find their way. Transformation in action.